Hey everybody, welcome once again to the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined as always by Raj Geary from Wrestling Inc. And today we have special guest Dennis Farrell from Fox Sports and ESPN. We're here today to talk about SmackDown Live for February 21st, 2017. Dennis, welcome to the show. How's it going? It's going good. Thanks guys for inviting me. Huge fan, been a longtime fan of your site for many years. And really excited to be here. Awesome. Thanks. Raj, how's it going? Good. Good. Um... Yeah, kind of a kind of a busy week, surprisingly. But with even though it, the news hasn't been that crazy, it's been a busy week. So, but but good. <laughs> cool, man. Well, let's talk about the big news uh, coming out of what started SmackDown Live last night with Naomi uh, relinquishing the women's title. So, I'm sure we have some reactions to this. But Raj, fill us in. Is is there what's the story you're hearing about this behind the scenes? It seems legit. Um, legit entry. Uh, which is sad because she had just come back from injury not too long ago. And, uh, you know, here she is injured again. A second WrestleMania where uh, there were plans for her to be champion, you know, at the event. And uh, there was, was it, the, the year with AJ Lee, she was supposed to win it mm -hmm. at that one. And then, uh, yeah, the, this one is looking like she won't be able to, to be back by then. So uh, you feel really bad for her. Absolutely. Dennis, your thoughts? It feels very Trish Stratus-esque here because wasn't she injured most of her title reign uh, back in the day? And I feel bad for her. And it was actually a more touching moment than what they tried to force down our throats with Bailey on Monday night. It was very believable. You saw the emotion in her eyes. And you actually felt for Daniel Bryant because it, it brought back that emotion. They you know hit on it a few times, but I really felt for Daniel Bryant having to do that. Yeah, there's a difference between him and a Stephanie McMahon. I mean, why not just make him go out there and shoot a puppy or eat a steak while you're at it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, but uh, at the same time, this isn't uh, a career-threatening injury or anything like that. So, um, I mean, it sucks. And yeah, Daniel Bryan, it, it, it's an odd choice, but I don't, I don't think Shane McMahon was there last night. So I, I don't know who else you get to do it. So, it, uh, yeah, it, it's definitely sad. Certainly. So we had that segment, and then from there, we went immediately into a women's title match to crown the new WWE SmackDown Women's Champ, uh, the match between Alexa and Becky. So, Dennis, uh, who were you rooting for in this? How, how would you like to have seen it gone? I, you know, I'm I'm all in on Bliss. They've really sold me that this this little dynamite kid can really pack a punch. I, I'm I'm all in on her right now. If I was booking it, I would have dragged this out a few weeks, maybe up until mm -hmm. WrestleMania to crown the champ. It felt very forced. And yeah. the ending of the match was very curious. Like it was like a neck chop and then boom, it's over. I don't know how, how it was originally supposed to end or if that was it, but it felt very odd to me that ending. I, well, I think, I think it's supposed to. Like she always finds a way to one up her, uh, you know, do, do some, uh, find a way to cheat and, and steal a victory. And, and that kind of kept it going. Um, but I thought Alexa was great. I agree with you uh, that it, it it would have been good to give it some build and you could have it be the main event of SmackDown in a couple weeks since they already got one uh, set for next week. And, uh, and you know, just kind of build some anticipation as opposed to just throwing it out there. Um, but I, th I guess they just wanted to, to have someone holding that title, you know, really, really quickly. It just feels like a huge undo. You know, it's like just flashback to three weeks ago with Alexa as the champ. Um, I thought it was interesting with Alexa winning. And yes, I agree with, I agree with you, Dennis. It seemed very abrupt, the end of the match. But then having uh, Mickey come out and get into it with Becky. So where do they go with Alexa 
from here in the championship? Who's the contender now? Raj, your thoughts? I mean, you could do Tamina. She's back in action. She came back last last weekend with the SmackDown brand. Uh, uh, Carmella doesn't seem to make sense. She wasn't even on the show at all last night. Um, Yeah. I mean, and Nikki, I mean, you could do Nikki until WrestleMania too. Although I'm guessing she'll probably still be working with Natalia at house shows and she just lost. Um, so I don't know. Uh, I mean, Alexa and Nikki would be cool because Nikki is set to retire. So, you know, get her a, get her a quick feud with one of their top females. And, and I, I think it'll help Alexa get to that next level. I think Alexa was just fantastic last night with her promo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she, she's just so poised and, and great at being a heel and, and just responding to the crowd. She did better, uh, you know, la- last night than Charlotte did, you know, when the crowd was heckling her with what chance and, and Charlotte got lost. This was, you know, like six months ago, but still, uh, Alexa handled it just, uh, you know, so well. Uh, and, uh, so yeah, I, I think, uh, Nikki would be a great way to go, but I'm guessing they probably won't do that because they want to start building for, uh, Maurice and Cena. Yeah. And they definitely started laying that out last night. Uh, so Dennis, if you had your way, who would Alexa retain the championship going forward, or who do you have her feud with at least? Kind of has to. I mean, in my opinion, right now, this exposes the death of the women's roster on SmackDown, and it, it worries me because where you go from here now, you're going to have to sell me or force me to believe that next in line is going to come out of nowhere because it, yeah. as you, it seems like everybody's handcuffed right now. She's just going to be standing around, and if you throw Tamara back out there. It's another situation where, you know, you had the, the glow out there just pop out of nowhere, and now she's the number one contender just coming back. So I don't want to see that all over again. I think they find a way, to, you know, to, to get it on Mickey and make that the stakes in the Mickey-Becky. And you could just do three ways until, you know, yeah. uh, until Mania. Yeah, uh, it's the same force with Mickey last night. Yeah. In there. Well, I mean... They've been, I mean, they've been, Mickey's kind of been by Alexa's side this whole time, so. No, that's true. I just I just thought with that later, it was it was kind of like saying, um, hey, now we're getting back to the storyline we had going with Mickey and Becky, just at the end, like, to remind you this, right. this is what we were building. Well, yeah, I mean, they had no one else, so, you know, you yeah. kind of had to pull Becky. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, they don't really need anyone right now because Mania is coming up. Uh, hopefully, they have a women's title match, a SmackDown women's title match at the show. Because mm-hmm. they're they they the raw one scheduled. They got a you know pretty packed show so far, um, but if they do, yeah, I could easily see a three way. Yeah, so definitely last night I thought that was an interesting way to open up the show. From there we started seeing promos for the battle royal that would happen later in the episode. Uh, just just to sort of go over it, I guess we should we should group these together since there were indeed ten of them last night. Dennis, what do you think of this promo style? They've done this on and off of doing the speak to the camera to build up the contenders. Did anyone in particular jump out at you last night with theirs? I'm a very old school WWF kind of guy. So this kind of struck me right in my heart. You know, those little right before they come out and then the corner of the street, I, I really enjoyed it other than Dolph Ziggler, which I left me going, what the, what the H was that? Come on guys. You a little, <laughs> it can't, it fall. Really Dolph. That was the, that's the corniest thing I've seen in many years. And this is from the WWE of course too. Yeah. Yeah, Raj, what'd you think? Yeah, I I agree with Ziggler. I I I'd throw Kalisto on there. I thought his his promo was uh, pretty terrible. But yeah, I I mean, 
the old school, you remember Saturday night's main event at the beginning mm-hmm. where they'd have the the short promos where they're talking to the screen and it has the Saturday night's main event music going. So I've always liked those. Uh, I don't, I mean, I, I, I feel like to be fair, you got to do all 10 if you're going to do it. But uh, Kalisto's promo, you know, the whole, I wasn't supposed to be here. Uh, I overcame the odds. They do that with way too many people now. Uh, you know, they're doing it with Bailey, Kalisto. They did it with Neville. Uh, it's just way overdone. Technically, yeah. 90% of the roster is not supposed to be there. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. So it, uh, I'm, I'm done with that promo. But, yeah, I thought Kalisto's was pretty bad. But, but you know, uh, and Dolph Ziggler's, I thought, was the worst. I, I remember just shaking my head after that one. With, and the super kick was just too cheesy. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You know what the difference is between this and the Saturday Night Main Event and the, the older promos? One, I always like it when they had someone like Mean Gene there because I thought that it was better when you asked them a question, but also the intensity. And I think back to like what Macho Man or Piper, these guys would do when they would look to the camera and deliver a promo. The new ones to me all feel like they're done in this style of, of reality show confessional, almost like we're trying to get inside their head and they're being um, almost a little more calm and measured than the guys used to be. No, I agree with that. But what I'm talking about, you remember in Saturday Night's Made Event, like the first minute or two, they had the individual promos with the mm-hmm. music playing in the background. So that's what I was talking about, where they yeah, had no, just, definitely. But, the but yeah, I, energy, I, I, you know, yeah, yeah, because they were over the top characters, whereas, yeah. yeah, for sure. Like here, they're just talking as opposed to then they were like, you know, Hulk was like, OK, brother, tonight I'm going <laughs> to, you know, but that was um, great. And, and oh, by the I way, I, I never want to see another guy doing the promo, doing this with his fingers when he's talking, you know, and doing that thing, because that's just like, OK, this is going to be calm. This is going to be weird. It's going to be weird, quiet intensity, you know, like uh, Terrence Howard or something. I can't deal with that. So I think, uh, yeah, I just I just want more energy with it as opposed to just like this little soliloquy that they're delivering. And there were 10 of them, too. So it got a little redundant towards the end. Yeah. I, I personally prefer an interview style anyway, because it's more natural. It's more organic, you know, uh, but I've always preferred that yeah, as opposed to a wrestler just coming out and cutting a promo in the ring. No one does that. Uh, but an interview, that's a normal thing. So, And the best of it last night, I think the one that, the you know, thinking about it the morning after, I think The Miz, in my mind, had one of the best ones last night because he was a little more over the top and a little more amped with it. But yeah, the Callisto one. The Dolph one. I mean, a lot of them were just kind of like, oh, man, we really are going to have 10 of these, aren't we? Did they do Cena? Am I forgetting him? You know? I think they saw Cena. No. So, we yeah. So we, yeah, that's that's interesting. Um. So, yeah, we, we saw the start of those promos with Dean Callisto and The Miz last night. And then we came back. Uh, Renee backstage with Natalia setting up her match with Nikki Bella for later in the evening. But before that, we had Prisanko versus American Alpha. I think we all knew how this match was going to turn out even before it started. Um, thoughts, Raj, to you first. <laughs> None needed. It was what it was. I thought, uh, well, we'll get to the Usos, but yeah, the Usos were awesome. Yeah, absolutely. You, you know, I, I'll be honest. I'm really praying that Brizongo turns into Goose and Maverick. You know, after seeing them the last couple of weeks come out in these like Navy outfits, I would love to see like a fighter pilot gimmick out of these guys. I think I, w- I think I would find myself somewhat enjoying that a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Why, don't, why don't they get that? Uh, the, the sexy fireman outfit with Kurt Hawkins that, you know, uh, bust those out of storage. I think I'll say this about Brazongo. They commit, man. And I think they pull off whatever they decide to do. 
I mean, they, it's just gotten more ridiculous, well, it and more marginalized. It depends what you mean to pull off. If you're talking about being amusing, but being a prelim heel, uh, you know, and, and and being a joke, they're pulling that off. But, but they they're go not out there and do it though, and they do it. They don't have shame. They commit to it. I think a lot of guys right. would be embarrassed to be doing this. Right, but they come across as more and more lower card. I mean, well, they're pretty much at the the bottom right now. Well, um, they're not the ascension. I mean, let's let's be fair. Oh boy. Yeah, I think I I put the ascension above them, and they they might be above the vaude villains, but uh, <laughs> but it's pretty. That's not saying much. That's pretty low. Raj, I think there should be an article in Wrestling Inc. ranking the levels of just embarrassment and humiliation within the WWE tag teams. Uh, Josh you know? Josh does a uh, let's rank uh, column every week, so maybe I could ask him to do that. Yeah, certainly <laughs> break down the humiliation. Um, but that being said, the Usos last night. Oh my God, I talked about this on Twitter. I thought this was the high point of the episode and I thought some of it was a little over the top. Some of it was a little um, maybe too far with uh, sort of the urban Usos angle they're going right now. But that being said, love the intensity and love the humor. You know, we've seen that these guys are really funny in every other aspect of WWE programming, except on Raw and SmackDown. That two-star bit, I mean, I lost it. I thought that was so, so well pulled off. Uh, Dennis, what did you, what did you think of their promo? To me right now, they're the most captivating duo right now in any of the tag teams i'm i'm all in on whatever they're selling me i, I really believe the angle that this is who these guys are it, they're they're funny the talk and smack shed a little light onto them and made them a little more humanized i, I like that a little bit that they were not 100 percent, you know in character but I, look i think right now they should have the straps they to me are the baddest tag team right now around even probably on SmackDown. I could believe they could go over on Raw and take the straps anytime they want. I'm believing what they're selling right now. Yeah, and the Usos have always had, you know, a, a lot of charisma, but I thought they just seemed like another level here. I mean, uh, their promo was was beyond anything that any tag team on SmackDown uh, could do. Uh, they just owned, they owned that segment, and uh, I thought they were just fantastic. Um, I, and if they were over the top, I think that was also part of the point. Uh, yeah. I think on Talking Smack, they came across as total baby faces, if you saw their promo on Talking Smack. Mm -hmm. uh, but I thought they were fantastic. I could almost see uh, fans eventually turning on American Alpha and siding with the Usos in this feud, just because uh, American Alpha just seems way more bland uh, than the Usos. Oh, yeah. They're not even, I mean, they're not showing, and I know I've dinged uh, SmackDown for not doing a storyline with American Alpha, but they're not even showing their personalities at this point. I mean, it's amazing I, to me. I don't know if they ever really have, or it, it, their personalities have been overrated. In NXT, I mean, the, the Willing and Gable thing I always thought was cheesy as hell. Oh, I love that. Absolutely oh, love that. I, th yeah. I think the way they deliver, it's just so... Uh, it's like when you and your buddy are, are making up wrestling gimmicks and, do, you know, making up wrestling promos. But that's, that's what, what was great about, about it was that it felt so like Gable was so cheesy and then Jordan begrudgingly got into it. Like Jordan thought it was stupid at first and seeing him come around on it. I don't know. You know what sold me on American Alpha was at an NXT house show where they lost and they came out and they were doing it like they were, you know, cocky NCAA uh wrestlers um they lost and then at the end gable's got his head covered in the towel and jordan's like crying out don't look at him don't look at him and i was like okay these guys i get it now i think that they're more dynamic than what we see on tv and we started to see that later in their nxt run then they went to smackdown and that all disappeared no personality no story none of those great moments that they had on uh on breaking ground 
where you got to see who they were behind the scenes. Yeah, and uh, it, Jason Jordan, when he does that comeback and he pulls down the straps, it, it doesn't look natural. It looks like he's mocking Kurt Angle, not like he's, <laughs> you know, doing his comeback. Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, uh, maybe they switch roles uh, down the road. Not yet, but um, if, if the fans start to turn on American Alpha and go for the Usos, which I could easily see happening, uh, so be it. Because the Usos, I mean, they, they were just fantastic. And, uh, man, if they could just... Uh, send some of that to Roman Reigns, you know, just, just a little bit of it. Yeah. Just a little bit. It's, it's in the family and somewhere. So is it just me or am I waiting for one of them to start coming out with the old wrestling headgear to look like the dog face grimmin? Cause to me, it's like the Steiner brother junior. I, I, I don't hate it. I kind of like it. It throws me back to the nostalgia, but man, they just remind me so much of the Steiner brothers. Well, they, they did an interview with us uh, at, the NXT in Columbus, uh, you know, when they were at the Arnold Sports Classic, and they they said that was their inspirations, the Steiner brothers, for their for their gear. Cool. Yeah, I think uh, that if they go heel, and we get to see some personality out of them, out of American Alpha, I think that that's all it'll take to really make them more dynamic. Right now, I don't care if they're booked as faces or heels. I just want to see more than what they can do in the ring, and they can absolutely go in the ring. They're so technically proficient i mean specifically gable with what he's able to pull off in there but i just i think they're not giving people a reason to care and it's really really showing um so we went from that with uh american alpha beating brazongo and the usos cutting that awesome promo to false count anywhere nikki bella versus natalia so this one man all over the front of house, all over the backstage, uh, ending in Natalia winning, um, Maurice interfering the Miz, pulling Maurice off of Nikki Bella. I mean, this this was great, man. I mean, I, I really enjoyed this match. I liked what they did backstage. Love, I mean, throwing Natalia through the mirror, I thought was a nice touch. Um, Raj, did, did you think this was a, one of their better matches that they've had? Yeah, I'd say it was the best one that they had. I thought I thought this match was really good. I thought that I actually hated that mirror angle because, really? yeah, because they did it and then she's fine. Forty five seconds later, you know, and is is <laughs> back to being on top. That they should have used that for the finish, you know, where Maurice comes out with a mirror instead and nails uh, Nikki over the head with it. I think it would have been a lot more dramatic. But to do that and then she, you know just come back minutes, you know, less than a minute later, I thought was weak. But other than that. Um, I thought, I thought it, yeah, I thought it was a really, really great match. I mean, I wouldn't say great, really good. And um, the thing, it, the commentating kind of bugged me, how they kept saying over and over, it's false count anywhere. Even though, you know, we saw like 10 pin attempts outside the ring. We get it. You don't need to keep saying it. So that was that was kind of getting on, uh, getting on my nerves. But other than that, it was, it was a good match. Yeah. Dennis, your thoughts? You know, to me, it was a tale of two halves because right before the commercial break, they they only moved like three feet from the ring. They they really stayed close to the ring, and that bugged me a little bit. Uh, you know, it falls count anywhere. I were, was expecting it to, you know, go everywhere real quick. But they really took their time moving away from the ring, and then they had the commercial break, and then they came back, and then they kind of ventured away. And, and when they came back from the commercial break, it, they had to work a little bit harder to bring me back in to get me emotionally invested again. But when they did, I, I was all in again. I, I, I thought the Maurice was awesome and having her come out with a pipe. And, you know, now we have to believe the rumors it's going to be a mixed tag team match, which, ah, you know, that's a that's another story for another time, I guess. But 
you know, bringing Maurice in and having the Miz pull her off. Although it was kind of odd. You didn't see John Cena come out to defend his woman. I was, <laughs> you know, his woman just got beat with a pipe and you, you really don't see it. He doesn't acknowledge it. It was, it was a little wonky to me. I was talking smack a couple of weeks ago that John Cena was informed of that Nikki Bella had been attacked. And John was kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, she'll be fine. <laughs> and he said something like, "Well, in our relationship, we sort of respect that we each have our own things to do." You know, I mean, like just no care, no concern. Uh, so yeah, I absolutely buy that. Last night, I thought the Maurice part. It was funny how when they threw, uh, when Natalia threw her in there, you had the announcers be like, "Oh, is that Mar like is that Maurice?" It wasn't obvious <laughs> at the time that that's who she uh, ran into. <laughs> Um, but no, I, you know, I enjoyed the match. I thought it was good. I think, uh, I feel like anytime there's a stipulation, they just Moro Moro has been a little more repetitive lately. I feel like the announcement team in general has been like, Hey, you know, Vince is in their ear being like, remember to remind everyone it's false count anywhere. Just yeah. And Moro just seems, I don't know if it's unmotivated or he's just being watered down with so many guys there, but he's, he went from my like MVP last year, you know, on the announced team to, to a distant number two behind Corey Graves now. Well, it's hard to keep up with David Otunga, man. I mean, I think they'll throw anyone off their game. Uh, yeah, and having Tom Phillips was absolutely pointless unless you're grooming him for for a spot. They have to be. They, uh, I mean, they they've absolutely... got to be. Uh, you would think so, but um, I just think Moro and the King, they were the best announced team that WWE's had in a long time with King as the heel, and and he was getting back into his groove. I, I just feel like they, they blew the best announced team that they had. Too many voices to me, guys, because, you know, when you start listening to one guy, then you towards the end of a sentence, you'll have two guys kind of step over them. And then you go, who, who is that talking? If you're just listening, they really need to trim it down to a three man team and leave it at that. I think they are fine with a two man team. It's a it's a two hour show. I don't think you you even need a, you, you even need three. I think, again, I'd rather get Lawler back and get rid of JBL. Just have it be Lawler and, and Renal are calling it because they, they did great last year. So we went from that to the promo with Randy and Bray, uh, which I thought was, I don't know. Tennis, how do you feel about this angle with what they're doing with Randy and Bray right now? I keep waiting for that RKO because if you're watching Randy Orton's face, he's staring at the title. He has these looks in his eyes. I, boy, I would love to get to WrestleMania and not see Randy Orton in WrestleMania because of this angle. I would love to see them draw this angle out and make us every week keep waiting for the Randy Orton turn and it not happen. And then you can progress it after Mania when he snaps out of it. You've stole the moment from me. I, I would buy right into it. But, you know, my, my I was worried when you gave Bray the belt, you were just going to serve him up to Randy Orton. So this this has kind of put me in turmoil. I don't know where it's going. I love it. I'm. This is the first time in many years I've been kind of captivated by a, a angle. Nice, Raj. I, this just isn't doing anything for me yet. I'm not excited to see Orton versus Wyatt, and uh, so we'll just have to see how they handle the turn and 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 everything. But I mean, I'd much rather see Bray versus AJ. Uh, but you know, obviously they're sticking with their guns. They're going to do Wyatt versus Orton and get there somehow. But um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I, I did like the the Orton looking at the belt, uh, you know, little subtleties. Um, so, but I, I I'd, I'd prefer they went another way. 
So we're going to talk about the 10-man battle royal in a second, but first I want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of this episode, which is DDP Yoga, DDPY. First, talk about it, Diamond Dallas Page going into the Hall of Fame this year for all the great work that he did in the ring, but also the great work he's done out of the ring with DDPY. You've seen the guys like Jake the Snake Roberts, Mick Foley, AJ Styles, Goldust, Chris Jericho, they've all benefited immensely getting their health getting their bodies back into shape using DDP yoga. And now we have a limited time offer for you where you can get the DDP yoga now app for 25% off or the DDPY DVDs for 25% off, which includes three months of full access to the DDP yoga now app. When you go to our link at ddpyoga.com slash wrestling Inc. We've also got a deal. If you want to partner up with a friend or loved one, you can buy a max or combo pack of 25% off, get 50% off the second one. These workouts are great. You can start at your own pace. Even if you think you're not the type of guy that could do yoga, DDPY does such a good job of easing you into it. We were talking about this on Monday. You see all these success stories, wrestling fans who started it said, Oh, you know, I felt uncomfortable about going to the gym. I didn't think that I would be able to handle yoga. Uh, that seemed like something that a much different type of uh, body type would be able to pull off, but they were able to ease me into it slowly, but surely using DDPY, I was able to get in shape, improve my flexibility, improve my health, lose weight and, and really turn my life around. So go right now, stop procrastinating, go to ddpyoga.com slash wrestling Inc. The year's moving on. It's almost March. Take control of your health. Take control of your life with DDP Yoga. That's ddpyoga.com slash wrestling inc. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. So the 10-man battle royal. Um, so much to say, particularly about the ending. But let's go, uh, Dennis, to you first. What were your thoughts about how the match unfolded and what were the high points for you? I, you know, I think it unfolded the way we thought it would. Yeah, I, it was just who was going to be in the ring at the end with Harper. I think the Miz doing what he did to Cena, I loved it. You know, mm -hmm. it really cemented the Miz as a heel, which we all know he is. But man, that's that's one of the hillest tactics. You throw the hero when he's not painted <laughs> up over the ropes, and then they didn't let him back in, which I absolutely loved. The, the end, I, you know. Uh, you got cameras everywhere, you know, <laughs> how, how do you not throw it back up on the Titan trying to sell it? Or at least, you know, in the show with them reviewing the footage and then you can pick it back up next week. I, I didn't like the way it was like, uh, well, I got to make a call on the fly. Like you have all this technology. You have a mega screen in front of you. And I've seen you play stuff back while the match is going on. Ten seconds. To, to me, I would like to have seen them, you know, in the show as they were discussing it and leave us hanging old school wrestling style. Well, well, first thing, uh, so that that Nikki Bella and uh, Italian match ended around 915. And then yeah. between the promos and the ring entrances, this match didn't start to like 935. So you had 20 minutes of, uh, you know, just other stuff. But that being said, I thought this was probably the best Battle Royal I've seen in, in recent memory. I mean, they were given a lot of time. And I think one thing that made it really good was that you had big stars in it. It wasn't just the filler tag teams on who gets a, a tag team title shot the next week. It was, uh, you know, uh, something with high stakes. Um, and and it, it worked great. I still think, I mean, Cena throwing the Miz out so easy, I think... With with the way they're going to WrestleMania, I, I just he's already kind of you know beaten Miz twice easily, like he did that Elimination Chamber and just tossed him out like he was nothing here. I feel like you need to get that heat on Miz. Like Miz should have probably thrown out Cena uh, without having to to cheat and come back in. 
Um, I, I mean, because I really doubt that they're going to have Miz and Maurice win at Mania. Um, so anyway, uh, but other than that, man, the, the ending, that finish, I'm not sure why they chose to do that spot because there are so many ways you can mess up that spot. And they did. I mean, anyone watching, oh, yeah. it was clear that uh, Luke Harper's feet hit first by, you know, like a, a second or two, um, I, which is, you know, if, for a spot like that, that's an eternity. And uh, so, I mean, it was, I mean, they were quick to not show any replays and, and things like that. But, um, but I, I, you know, they, we still got over a month to go. They still need to build a step. So I like that they didn't just, you know, get to it right away. So it, it, it keeps you hooked and, and yeah, I still think it's going to be AJ and it's going to be taken away from him, but but we'll see. Now, you, well, you said Harper's feet hit first. Yeah, it hit the ground first. It looked, you know, from, from the TV when I watched, it looked like AJ hit for yeah, quick. Oh, no, no. Go back and uh, watch it. It's uh, Harper's hit it by... And and if you look on our Twitter feed, there's there's pictures of. Well, I was going to criticize the WWE for just phoning in that ending, but apparently there's a clear dispute here about whose wow. feet hit first. Yeah, no, check out the. It's the... real, folks. This wasn't manufactured. Maybe this wasn't a botch. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So they're going to determine that next week. Um. But I have to say, so yeah, I loved the spot with the Miz. I thought that was great. They did some stuff to keep the storytelling going with Corbin and Dean Ambrose. Um, I like what they could do a match like this, tell multiple stories, progress multiple angles. Love that the Miz was getting some genuine uh, playing along with the yes. Mm -hmm. You know, he's done that before and he starts to do it kind of half-assed and they like typically gets the heat for it. But last night it was great that the crowd was feeding it, doing the chant and he was just going even further with it. So I really like that. Um, looking forward, you know, Miz versus Cena. I've said it. I know for a lot of people, they think that's sort of a weird, disappointing angle going into Mania. But I think the Miz versus Cena with where they're both at right now, I mean, I just, I think it'll be fantastic. Especially the buildup. I agree. I mean, to me, the only thing keeping Cena, and look, Cena's elite, and but the only thing that kept Cena from being Hulk Hogan level, in my opinion, was a consistent bad guy for him to battle with. You look at Hulk Hogan, he's had these legendary bad guys, but Cena, Edge was the closest thing in my mind, but he retired early. You, you could have had it with the Miz, you could have had it with Bray, but they buried him really quick against him. Maybe you try to go back and for the last little run of his career of Cena, however long he's going to be around, maybe the Miz can be his Joker. I, I, I could buy that. Oh, guys, I'm sorry. Uh, I meant Luke Harper's. I meant AJ's. I did mean AJ's feet hit first. That he he should have won that battle royal because his, uh, he got out for it. So uh, just to clear that up. Um, but yeah, AJ's AJ's hit first. Um, so I thought the better Royal last night, I thought that was very well done. The dispute ending. So, okay. So because it was clear to anyone that was watching it, uh, especially anyone with the DVR that AJ's feet hit first, it's so strange to me when they try and sell the legitimate confusion of a botch like that, you know, and, and like you were saying, Raj, that's a difficult move to choreograph to have it work, especially with two guys are so such different sizes. If I was Luke Harper, I'd be thinking the whole time, like, I really have to time this to make sure you know, the extra foot and a half I got on AJ Styles right. doesn't doesn't screw this up. And for a live show, it's tough. Because I remember, uh, I remember, do you remember back in the day they did a Hulk Hogan versus Paul Orndorff in a steel cage where both their feet hit the ground first? Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, they manipulated the cam camera angles to make it so it was exactly at the same time. Uh, at, you know, at the speed that, you know, the, the times they were showing the camera angles. Mm -hmm. You can't really do that on a live show. So it... Uh, 
Yeah, so you got you just got to be careful if you're trying to do a double, you know, a double uh, uh, a battle royal draw. So, but yeah, it uh, it's a risky spot, but you know, who cares? It's you, 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 you can't let the facts get in the way of a good story. Sometimes, so I think this is one of those <laughs> cases. It's like when people complain about the uh, the thirty day title defense rule. And or the automatic rematch clause. It's like those those are just storyline. You know, WWE doesn't really care about that. Uh, you know, Triple H never got his title shot after his title rematch after losing to Roman Reigns. So you yeah. just gotta you just gotta go with it. Not not let those things bother you too much. Speaking of which, I had to look it up last night. I'm surprised it's serious. The WWE rule book is uh, hitting stores next week. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we had a thing up on uh, on the we have the cover and everything on the site. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's clearly going to be tongue in cheek. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I want to see them actually busting it out. I want them to have someone conferring and pouring over the rule book, you know, during a match. I think uh, that, that's an old trope that we we don't see often enough anymore. That'd be a good a good way to get sales. Is you know, you have Daniel Bryan coming out with the rule book yeah. at the end <laughs> hey of the match, being like, ah, gotta go to the rule book. That'd be awesome. Um, so talking smack last night had uh, a couple things. Had uh, Becky had the Usos and had AJ um, in his confrontation at the end. Really, it seemed like we talked about setting up perhaps him versus Shane McMahon for WrestleMania. Um, but Dennis, your your high points from talking smack last night? The Usos, uh, the switch in the character. I really liked that, and how he was talking about you know Naomi and not knowing at the beginning of the show was good. The, the chip tooth from AJ, I, I really did like that. And the little hissy fit he had at the end, if anybody's listening, I did the finger thing. Uh, it, the, the way it ended, it really it really made me believe that AJ's kind of uh, tiffed over this whole thing. And yeah. Daniel Bryan bringing up that AJ thinks that the earth is flat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and AJ, AJ wasn't necessarily denying. I mean, he, he said he doesn't think it, but he believes part of the, the, the theories out there. I that's think so that's just weird. Good improv. That's good improv. No, I don't think so. You can tell when Daniel Bryan's really bringing up something because yeah. that, that threw AJ off a little bit. You could tell he wanted to, to move away from it. And, you know, Daniel Bryan will do that every now and then. And because, you know, if, if that was something scripted and they wanted that to be, they would, sh they would show that on their Twitter feed. They would put that on their YouTube channel. Uh, when there's stuff that they want out, they put it out. But when Daniel Bryan gets into politics or anything like that, they, they're they're quick to never have that mentioned. Yeah. God, Daniel Bryan so wants to get fired from this gig, which makes it <laughs> awesome. He's just so, I, I like the honesty, you know, it, uh, he just comes across as, as, you know, pretty honest. I, I thought his interaction with the Usos, like I mentioned earlier, yeah, uh, came across total baby face. And then he was talking about how the Usos are so cool and just want to hang out with them afterwards. So <laughs> <laughs> he was, and he was talking smack about Mick Foley. Yeah. yeah he said, Mick Foley can suck it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because of the how the, how many women were profiled at their pay-per-view so god you know what it is i mean i i know smackdown is is many times the better show but i swear talking smack just just really gives it the rub by having talking smack and smackdown on the same night i feel like it's rare that i don't watch talking smack and end up feeling really just great about everything that i saw on wwe that night you know i think it's the perfect ending to it can make a, an average show seem like it was pretty good yeah um, so overall, Raj, who do you think did better this week, Raw or SmackDown? Uh, SmackDown. I got to go with SmackDown this week. Dennis? 
Yeah, I agree. SmackDown. Hopefully, Raw can build around the Chris Jericho Owens thing. Uh, you know, Raw just has too much airtime and not enough ta- real believable talent to fill, and that's that's always going to be its downfall. Yeah, no, it certainly keeps it challenging. Um, so let's talk a bit about what else happened this week. So we didn't know at the time when we were doing our Raw recap on Monday nights, but after Monday Night Raw, when The Rock came out and uh, spoke to the audience, he called CM Punk. Raj, I know Wrestling Inc. has the story, but you want to give everyone a quick, quick recap? Yeah, yeah, they were filming uh, they were filming scenes for the that new movie, Fighting With My Family, which is based on Paige and her family. Um, the Rock is an executive producer. Uh, his production company is co-producing it with WWE Studios. So they did a AJ Lee versus Page uh, match, which was Thea Trinidad was playing uh, AJ Lee. Thea Trinidad was Rosita. And Tessa Blanchard was doing the the stunts for the actress playing Paige. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, so when uh, when they said, you know, that they were doing that, fans started chanting CM Punk, uh, you know, with the Alexa Bliss. And Rock was just off the cuff. Uh, I don't know if he, maybe he just forgot how much heat there is between <laughs> Punk and WWF, or maybe he's not a WWE, but or maybe he hasn't been paying attention uh, and doesn't know about it, like the lawsuits. Uh, yeah, that CM, you know, CM Punk uh, says that they're bankrolled by WWE, which it would certainly appear that way. Uh, against you know, it's, it's uh, their doctor Chris. It's either Amon or Amon. I've heard it pronounced both ways. Uh, against Punk and so yeah it uh, so they did that The Rock uh, when the fans started chanting CM Punk he's like well I'll I'll go ahead and call him so he tried calling Punk on his cell he did tried doing FaceTime but it went to his voicemail and uh, he left Punk a message and uh, Punk you know tweeted back that he was walking his dog and thanked the fans in LA for doing it and yeah it's uh, I think what I heard is that someone came down and told rock to move on. They didn't give him the details of what was going on. And it's been reported that Vince McMahon and triple H were not happy uh, while that was happening backstage. And, you know, there's a lot of heat there. So it's, uh, I'm sure rock knows it, it didn't happen last night. They did. They filmed more scenes uh, for the movie after two Oh five live went off the air. Wow. Yeah, I wonder if The Rock, if it's a case of not knowing or just straight up not caring, because what are they going to do? How are they going to punish The Rock at this point? Yeah, but I think he would probably respect him enough not to do it if he knew uh, how much heat there was. I'm I'm, I'm really guessing he probably doesn't know about the lawsuit. Because, I mean, look, think about all the stuff he has going on. That's Uh, true. So that's, uh, I doubt he's keeping up with the the minute uh, wrestling details. Because the lawsuit isn't covered that much because it's just kind of lingering and just kind of, you know, the legal process. You, you know, I might look at it from the angle of maybe he knew, but he didn't think it was that big of a deal to get him in the crowd to move on from the CM, the CM uh, Punk chance. Like, all right, I'll acknowledge it. Here's a call. Ring, ring. Ah, ha, ha. He didn't pick up. Let's move on. Yeah. It's kind of the way it felt to me. Like. Look, I'll acknowledge it. We can all have a laugh and move on. Not so much like, you know, hey, I know there's a lawsuit. It's touchy. I think I think everybody kind of knows about it. But, you know, if I call CM Punk real quick on my cell phone to get the fan, not that big of a deal, right, guys? That's kind of how it felt. Yeah, I, I think uh, because they, they're not really going to use the audio from the match in the movie. Right. You know, they tape the reactions and then they edit all that in. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I you know, w- Whatever it did, it it made uh, it didn't make WWE happy. Yeah. 
well, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> it's, yeah. it's certainly made for a good story. Uh, you know, I don't know. It, it, I can see where the WWE would be pissed off because it, it's, I don't want to say it's just starting to die down, but I feel like fans are accepting, okay, he's not coming back. They'll chant it when they're really angry, but I feel like it gets less and less as time goes on. And this is just going to restoke those flames. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Enough people didn't see it. It's, you know, it's only the internet knows about it. So yeah, uh, we'll, we'll have to see. I don't know though. You know, we, we've talked about this before Raj in terms of like the level of popularity with current wrestling and the engagement level of the current wrestling audience. And even though wrestling is, you know, far less popular now than it's been in the past, the engagement level is so much up that I would say the average WWE fan heard this story, you know, the, the average, it's not a child. Yeah. Yeah, enough people heard it. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say the majority, but it's yeah, I, it's it's like you said. I think people know that CM Punk's not coming back, and usually when it's done now, it's not uh, they want him back. It's like a protest chant. Oh yeah, and so um, yeah, yeah, it, so it could egg him on, but WWE obviously they don't care, and they, they have ways that they they deal with it, like Stephanie McMahon saying. That, that one week where she said, if you do it for another 80 seconds, that's longer than seeing punk lasted. Yeah. Oh, no, no, definitely. So uh, before we wrap up today, do we have any questions or anything we want to get to? Uh, sure. Let's, uh, let's get a couple of these. Someone's asking, if we see the club and American alpha at WrestleMania. Oh, hmm. uh, obviously not against, I, I would guess not, not against each other. Um, if, if they do, I'm guessing it's my guess would be they're in the battle royal. Hmm. Yeah, I think that can make sense. Um, I, I don't know what they do with the club now. Go, I mean, that's that's the reason why I think Enzo and Cass could actually get the belts at Fastlane, because I just think if the, if the club are the title holders at WrestleMania, um, I, I don't think they'll be a Raw championship or it'll be on the pre-show. It'll be really low on the card. Yeah, I could see them doing. Um, the Usos versus American Alpha, like on the pre-show, over over a Raw tag team title match. Yeah. Um, how are things shaping up with that? So I've seen the stories today that maybe things aren't as set in stone as we thought for WrestleMania. I haven't seen that. Everything. Oh. I mean, all the the top ten matches seem like they're pretty set in stone. Oh well, that's disappointing then. See, I wanted a glimmer of hope. I wanted to be like, oh, things could change still. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unless something changed with AJ and Shane, which would be great. Yeah. Uh, or they find a way to position Samoa Joe in there. Um, I, you know, the top matches are pretty much set in stone. You're you're kind of seeing them. You know, you're kind of seeing all the angles for them happening. Yeah. Um. What else do we have coming up? Oh, how was two hundred five live last night? It was fine. Um. I thought it was just a show. Um. <laughs> you know again the the crowd reactions hurt um it, even though it's it's been better than you know when they first started but uh yeah i i, I nothing nothing to rave about do you, uh do you catch it dennis i didn't and my main problem with this is i think wcw did the cruise rig division right back in the day where you know, they had their own angles, but they really interacted a lot with the main roster. You saw a lot of crossover, but you don't see that here. It feels very segregated. They have different ring ropes. And I think it was uh, your podcast you guys were talking about once, how it just takes so long to switch everything up and everybody gets, you know, <laughs> so taken out. And I can't agree more. I think you really need to see more 
interaction with the main roster with these guys make me believe that they're they're on SmackDown. They're part of Raw. They're they're in the WWE. To me, it just feels like it's you know amateur hour at the Apollo, and maybe I'll catch you on the network if I'm done watching on USA or TNN or whatever channel you guys watch on. Yeah, but amateur hour at the Apollo had the Sandman, and I think if we had someone coming in there with a broom, literally brushing, you know, some of the cruiserweights off off stage, yeah. greatly improved the show. I it think would... if you did this cruiserweight at full sale, like just did a, a separate day of tapings, and you had the two hundred five. Obviously, you don't call it two hundred five live. Call it two hundred five whatever. You could call it two hundred five live. No one cares. Yeah. I think it would be much better because the cruiserweight classic I really enjoyed, and so much of that had to do with the environment and the crowd was hot. And on 205 Live, you have these really good matches. I mean, top to bottom, you don't see any bad ones. It's just that that dead crowd after SmackDown. Uh, it's just, there's no energy. Yeah. Uh, so Shavam is asking which match is actually likely to, to really main event WrestleMania. Do you guys think it's going to be Goldberg versus Lesnar? Uh, go ahead, Dennis. I don't want it to be. And I can't believe that that's what they're going to go with to main event it, two part-timers. I think that's going to be the setup. I think for, in my opinion, this is your marquee show. You want to highlight your marquee guys, the guys that will be on Raw next week and the week after, and you don't know when they're coming back. And it also depends on, are they fighting for the belts? I, I don't I don't think they need the belts to make this uh, the progressive storyline, but if they have the belts, maybe there's a better chance. If they don't, I'd like to see them as a setup for the main event. Um, I think it, it, the plan was for Goldberg and Lesnar to be the the real main event. I I, I don't know what I don't know what they'd change it to. Um, yeah. the, the chances of Owens retain someone's asked about the chances of Owens retaining against Goldberg not good unless they completely change plans. Um, so you know what else would you have headline? Um, I don't think Orton versus Wyatt is the right match to do it, and so I mean that's your other title match. Uh, Reigns versus Undertaker. Uh, will, I mean, I think the heat in that match will be fantastic, but I don't think it should go on after those two. So, yeah, Goldberg versus Lesnar. No, I think it makes sense to to want to keep people there till the very end of the show. I mean, that's a long day going to WrestleMania. Uh, all of a sudden, done, you're there, you know, six seven hours, probably lining up an additional two hours. If it's not Goldberg versus Lesnar, I could I could see people leaving right. easily. Um, and that will be a challenge. Uh, Alonzo was asking, what do we think the pre-show matches are going to be for WrestleMania? I mean, I think the tag teams for certain. I think tag teams, one of the women's title match, probably the SmackDown women's title match, uh, probably the Cruiserweight title match. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's, that's once you get the title matches and their, their current, and maybe uh, actually the Intercontinental title match will probably be on the, on the show, but yeah yeah those would be those would be the ones and i'm excited this is might be the first pre-show i'm kind of excited if they do it right because you could really add an extra hour to wrestlemania if you do this pre-show right you set it up and you make me believe that it's not just a pre-show but it's part of wrestlemania i i could buy into it and we saw where, where did i read that this week that in vince's mind the pre-show is part of the pay-per-view is part of the main show it's not yeah, a step down right right back said that yeah um yeah, but it, clearly it's not. He's not putting Brock and Les, you know, no. and Goldberg on the pre-show. Wouldn't so, that be awesome though? If it was just like we're really going to tell, explain to you why you need to watch the pre-show, right? Like, stick that on there, you know? Yeah, 
yeah that's kind of a delusional comment because you never see one of the featured matches on the pre-show oh, so it's no. clear there he he knows uh the difference between the two it was weird enough what was it at uh backlash because the presidential debates when they opened that with what was it cena and aj um and they were like oh we gotta do this first because we're gonna have you know time slot competition right yeah uh, no definitely cool guys um well let's wrap things up here uh thanks everyone for tuning in to this edition of the wrestling inc podcast raj and i will be back on monday night with mr matt morgan to talk about monday night raw do a full recap of the go home show before fastlane dennis thanks so much for being on the show today where can people check you out on the internet i'm on twitter at dennis seven seven farrell f-a-r-r-e-l-l facebook same thing let's be friends send me a request awesome man raj anything people should look for on the site uh just uh yeah just uh just keep checking it out <laughs> cool thanks everyone uh follow me on twitter i will be uh continuing my trend of live tweeting monday night raw and interacting with you all on there uh my twitter's in the show notes just my name glenn rubenstein so until next time everyone i'm glenn rubenstein and i will see you back here on the wrestling inc podcast take care